Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. So I find this to be interesting. Fox News is making this connection, as is Laura Leslie at WRAL. This connection between Trisha Cotham's party switch and new bills that got filed. Now, call me crazy, but it's it's my understanding that there is a deadline by which to file bills in the North Carolina General Assembly. And in fact, the the... Deadline for local bills, which are bills that only affect, you know, a, a, a small locale, right? Like it's just for a county or a city or something. These are local bills. Um, that deadline was last month, like March 4th or something like that. Early March, first couple of days of March. So they had a deadline there, and now they have a deadline in April for all the bills to be filed. And then after this, and the next one's going to be crossover, where all of the bills that make it through the House go over to the Senate, and all of the bills that make it through the Senate go over to the House. So all the bills, say it with me, cross over. Exactly. They all cross over. So there's a deadline where if you don't get your legislation through your chamber by a certain date, then then it's dead. So there's a deadline for, so that you got three different deadlines, right? Well, one of the deadlines is like right about now, which is got to get the bills filed. Maybe, just spitballing here, but is it possible that the bills that just got filed got filed because the deadline to file the bills is approaching? And that's why we saw a lot of bills get filed? And it's not about Trisha Cotham? Like, everything, this is, it's like another form of Trump derangement syndrome. I guess it's Cotham derangement syndrome, where everybody is viewing everything through this prism of Trisha Cotham. So here's what here's what Laura Leslie says. Laura Leslie is like the longtime Capitol Beat reporter uh, that maybe Capitol Chief. I don't I, I don't know. Uh, up in Raleigh for WRAL and WRAL. Uh, I think the NBC affiliate up there owned by uh, Capital Broadcast Company, which is Jim Goodman's outfit. Goodman, big time donor to all the North Carolina left wing organizations and such. And uh, But don't worry, don't worry, just because he hired the former comms guy for two Democrat governors to write unsigned editorials expressing the belief of the Capital Broadcast Company institution, just because they hire uh, a, a radical leftist uh, eighth grade history teacher to draw cartoons, you know, where uh, he depicts uh, uh, the, the black lieutenant governor as a Klansman, right, just because they employ those types of people. That doesn't mean that that infects their news product, okay? Just there's a huge distinction between the editorial voice of WRAL and the news operation. See, they're just newsy. I mean, yes, there were some leaked emails that went out that show that that's not true, but just don't pay any attention to that, okay? Just listen to what they tell you, and they tell you that there's no influence from the opinion side and the corporate ownership side. That is, you know, constantly beating the drum for Democrats and leftists, that that has nothing at all to do 
with their political coverage. Also, you might not want to listen to this tweet. Um, This is from Laura Leslie. She says the same day the GOP majority in the General Assembly learned that they had a solid veto-proof majority, they filed six bills aimed at LGBTQ plus youth and adults. Why do you connect those two things? This is one of the, by the way, this is why I always say, you know, reporters are lazy. They are. It's like one of the, one of the primary rules, like they're just, that's why you end up with a lot of the content that you see. It's because they're lazy. It's just like, oh, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to shoot video of a fire because, oh, look, it's fire. It looks good on TV. Nobody ever got fired for covering a press conference, right? That kind of stuff. It's It's easy. You can make a couple of phone calls, say this person said this, I'm Pete Callender. back to you. <clears throat> That's it. That being said, it could be a tough job, it's, but tough for a different reason because you're being, you're, people are trying to influence you because you are a reporter and you can amplify their, their message and their voice, right? So people are trying to work you. I call it working the refs. So you have to be attuned to that. Um... And for some reason, I don't know why, it's, I guess it's like a superpower where, you know, when you get a superpower, there's always like a super Achilles heel or something, right? There's like like Superman, right? He's super in all these things, but kryptonite, yeah, that's his, his, his nemesis, right? There's something, his weakness, right? Or uh, like Bruce Willis. What was that? Unbreakable or something, right? Yeah, Bruce Willis. He was like Superman, but he couldn't swim. That was his that was his weakness, right? So I think it's the same sort of deal when you become a capital uh beat reporter up in Raleigh that uh and probably also at, at every capital, um, when you become a reporter, you are able to detect all of the uh motivations for all of the Republican lawmakers. That's your superpower. You know automatically why they're doing everything. Unfortunately, the trade-off there is you can never decipher a political motivation for Democrats. That's the weakness. That's the trade-off. I don't. I don't make the rules. I, I, that's as best I can. That's as best as I can determine, because every single time there's always some ascribing of motive for the Republicans that the reporters are able to discern and to tell you. It, like in this case, like she. What is Laura Leslie conveying with this tweet? She's telling us that they're like, "Yay, we got a supermajority." Let's take aim at the trans, right? That, and, of course, Laura Leslie knows that it takes a long time to draft legislation. It takes a while. There's a whole legislative staff. Like, you got to go through this bill drafting uh, department. You got Because they have to, they got to write the bill. Like, just from a, I mean, just from a, uh, yeah, just from a realism or a pragmatic standpoint, like, you just actually have to type the thing up. Somebody has to sit down and type the bill, Right. You got to do the research. You got to find the law. What do you want to say? How do we run it? Uh, how do we get it legal? You got to run it past legal and all that stuff. So she knows this. She's been covering that beat for like 70 years up there. I'm just kidding. It's not 70. It's like 60. No, no. She, but she's been covering the beat up there for a long time. She knows this. So is it possible that these bills kind of came out because they've now made it through bill drafting and it just happened? They all just happened to come out as they just happen to come out now, as the deadline is approaching, so everyone is trying to get all their bills out the door? No, no, no. It's because, see, the assumption of motive, it's that Cotham defected, and now she's a she's a, a solid vote for us 
to stick it to the transgenders. And so somebody challenged her on this fellow by the name of Jeff says, well, gee, maybe it's because the, the boy playing on the girls volleyball team here in Macon County and spiking the ball on the opposing girls faces might've hacked some people off. You can't have it all in this life. Pick and choose or you get nothing. And Laura Leslie responds to Jeff and says, because cisgender girls never do that, right? Do you know what a cisgender is? That's the term that the radical queer theorists have come up with in order to label heterosexual people. Cisgender. They've given us a name. Instead of being just, you know, heterosexual, no, no, we have to have a different a different word that describes your gender for you. And now we're going to use it on you. Are you aware of this story? Do you know what happened? This was a um, girls volleyball team, and they were playing another team. This was out in western North Carolina, out in the mountains. And uh, two high school teams uh, playing, and one of the teams had a trans player. That trans player was very powerful, more powerful than the other players on the court. And so that player was getting the ball with its volleyball. So bump, set, spike, bump, set, spike, right? And so you, they were spiking the ball a lot. And they drilled that ball into the face of a student who suffered a concussion, has lasting neurological issues because of it. And no, Laura, I'm not aware of that kind of injury occurring. I'm not. Now, maybe you can go do some research as a reporter. I don't know. Maybe you can find out all of the, uh, the facial injuries and concussions that were meted out by women against women, cisgenders, you know, against each other, women on women. But what she did there was adopt the position of one of the people in her stories. The story she did, she interviewed somebody who made that very argument, and that's her response to the person. So now we know what her view is. Of course we know what her view is. I've known what her views are on all these politics. Yeah. Because she's been doing it a long time. She's been in- injecting her opinion and her political beliefs in her stories for a very long time. Everybody sees it. But that's what I love about Twitter. The mask slips way more. That is obvious. What she's, uh, what she's obviously doing is minimizing the permanent lasting injuries of a young girl. Sorry, you got to go under the bus. Because we have a new, uh, new group of people, a new protected class that we're using in order to advance our political agenda. So sorry, girls. Sorry, feminists. You're under the bus. All right. Now, given the state of affairs in our country and the world, are you asking yourself whether you're prepared for an emergency? I actually get asked this a lot. My answer, start at Carolina Readiness Supply, 2,000 square feet of supplies, the full line of Augustan Farms and Mountain House Foods, books, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, camping and hiking supplies. Being prepared is just smart. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing or somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. In Waynesville and online at CarolinaReadiness.com, get tickets to the Heritage Life Skills event also. Make a day trip to the mountains and return home fully prepared. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? In the uh, the Trump era, there have been a lot of people uh, on the Republican side, on the right, um, conservatives, uh, that uh, have been, to me, just huge 
disappointments, and, and not not that. Well, either yeah, either Trump broke their brain, or I just misread them, or maybe a little bit of both, or maybe they were just lying. Maybe they're grifters or something, right? There's just different explanations for it. But Bob Orr is one of those. Um, he just he has become. Uh, you look at his timeline on Twitter, which is what I just had to point out to him because I. You know, I was talking earlier about the D or D game, the defender disavow game that Republicans are always forced to play and Democrats never are. And he says, oh, no, actually, and he calls me Peter, which is like uh, maybe a typo or maybe it's like an insult or something. I don't know. So I called him Robert. Um, but uh, he says it's a product of choosing a team. While you may not agree or approve of everything members of the team do, the question is whether you're willing to call it out for being wrong or whether you silently let it slide. This applies to both parties. Yeah. Hey, Bobby, take a look at your own freaking timeline, man. All you do is bash the right, celebrate the left. You don't call out Democrats for anything. Anything. All you do is promote the left's narrative. Guy was a huge disappointment to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so Trisha Cotham responded, yes, uh, no need to tell me, I'm living it. <laughs> yeah, the defender disavow. Oh, yeah, what about this Republican over there? Do you agree with him on that? Oh, what about this Republican over there? Do you agree with him on that? This is the defender disavow game. And Bob is playing it. Bob is, is, is helping to advance the long march, right? He's doing his part. Whether he knows it or not, he's doing his part. Guy made donations to the Lincoln Project of all organizations. Anyway, so not only is Laura Leslie at Fox News, sorry, at WRAL, and not only does she do this, makes this connection between Cotham's uh, party switch and bills being uh, uh, filed in the legislature, which it takes a while to get the bills drafted and ready to file. So these things were in the works. And Laura Leslie knows that the Fox News guy probably doesn't. But he makes this connection too. headline emboldened by new supermajority. North Carolina Republicans go to work on transgender bills. Again, that's an assumption of the motive. How do you know that these things are connected like that? I don't I don't have any knowledge that they are not, but I don't have any knowledge that they are. Oh, well, Pete, you must be naive. No, I'm not ascribing motive. I'm not, I'm not making assumptions about things. I can point out, oh, that's, you know, that, that's interesting timing. But it's also interesting timing because the deadline to file bills is now. So you have to file the bills by now. So, like, so what, every single bill? I'm, I'm having this argument with these idiots on, on, uh, on Twitter, which is where they tend to be. I don't know. But anyway, um, I know, I know, they're all over the place. But I'm having these arguments with these people. They're like, oh, she's a rubber stamp, and she, you know, she's going to uh, uh, change her votes. She's a rubber stamp for the Republicans. Okay, I, I am open to this idea. Please give me the information that proves this. How would we go about testing this, right? Well, I would say that you would find something that she has flipped her position on. And considering that she was a lawmaker for a decade, she's got a record. She's run a lot of campaigns. So I think if she's flipping votes, if she's changing her mind on on philosophical positions, I suspect we're going to have a record of it. So point me to some of these decisions where she's flipped. Oh, there you go, Pete, moving the goalposts. That's what they said, that I'm moving the goalposts by asking for the proof. 
So because they were unable to come up with an example, you know me, I am a giver. And so I gave them one. And you know what one of them is? The bill, Senate Bill 631, the Fairness in Women's Sports Act. Now, I don't know what her position on, you know, trans, uh, you know, know, biological boys playing against biological girls. I don't know what her position is on that, but she has been an ardent supporter of LGBT rights and and um, and uh, measures. Right. She was against HB2. She was a vocal supporter of LGBT rights. So she has a, a record on that stuff. She's got a bit of a history there. So I think this is going to be a good test case to see, is she going to vote with the Republicans on this bill? This bill that says boys compete against boys biologically, and same thing for the girls. And if you want to have mixed uh, competitions, you can do so, but it's going to be a co-ed league. But there needs to be, dare I call it a safe space, for female athletes to compete against biologically female athletes. And same for the men. And I've said this from the beginning. Either you get rid of all of them and there's no more NBA and WNBA, no more NFL. Like, just everybody gets to compete, right? There's no more gender categories. Because but because obviously so. I know I'm applying logic here and that's my fault, but I'm, I am. And I'm saying then you have, there's no reason to have different uh, classifications any longer. Because those classifications exist. Because there was a recognition of built-in advantages, biological advantages. So if we're saying there aren't any more, okay, no need for different leagues. Everybody compete all at once. Sorry, ladies, no more sports for you. Dudes are going to dominate everything. From Greg, Ms. Cotham is going to vote the way she always has. It disappoints the left now that she changed parties, but Republicans will be disappointed when she doesn't vote the way they want. Such is life. Yeah. And then Jay says, Pete, man, caller Winston wears me out. Indeed. I th- did I ban him? I thought I banned him. How did he get how did he get through our I hear something. I hear applause. You hear applause? Sorry, I'm I'm listening for things. I got a uh, somebody sent me a message that uh, during the uh, the pregnant pauses uh, that I do for effect and never because I'm struggling to find a word. But um, like right there, that pause, that they could hear like a clicking or a ticking sound. And so I'm, I'm listening for it. I'm like hypervigilant for the sounds now. Got a uh, email here from Clay. Pete, I work at a K-8 charter school in your old neck of the woods, Western North Carolina. We had a trans club called the Rainbow Alliance, which is, for those who identify with the Alphabet Plus community, which, by the way, like I am curious, can the flag get any more stripes on it? And can there be any other letters added to the string of letters before we go acronym? We got to have an acronym at this point. If there's too many letters, there's too many letters. You're going to start repeating some of them, I think. And then you're going to be like, well, this is the, like, so which A is this stand for? Is this A or uh, whatever? Like, you got to have, you got to have some uh, acronyms. And I thought, like, you could rearrange some, uh, I'm not even going to do it. Like, I've been, I've been doing some rearranging of the letters and trying to come up with an acronym here, but I'm not, it's not ready yet to unveil. I'm not ready to go with it yet. Because some of them, like, people could get the wrong idea. So I'm not even going to, okay. 
Anyway, back to this email. So this Rainbow Alliance Club at this K-8 charter school uh, is available to 7th and 8th graders. However, each week when the club meeting is announced on the morning announcements, the full write-up of the club is dutifully explained to the entire K-8 population. Now, mind you, no other activity, camp, sports team, dance squad, drama club, or extracurricular activity is given this kind of deference on a weekly basis. The school is about 300 students, and with the national average of trans kids, we could possibly average about 0.3 trans kid in our population. So like a third, a third of a kid, which would be kind of horrific, like weird, like a third of a kid. Which third? Okay. Um, he goes on to say, this nonsense in our current culture is being pushed by one side of the political spectrum. Remember, I work in, public sc- in a public school just outside of Asheville. This is insanity. This is a straw man argument for the left, in my mind, due to the obvious lack of so-called institutional racism that they're always screaming about, despite the fact that it is they who are in charge of these institutions. It's a great point. It's a great point. I have a, oh, hang on. I have a, let me see here. This would be a good, this would be a good opportunity to mention. Uh, Yeah, here it is. Our old pal Sarah Pequeno, Raleigh-based opinion writer for McClatchy. And uh, she wrote a, 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 an op-ed, as she does, uh, or I guess it would be an editorial because she's an editor, and she's a member of the editorial board. And uh, the headline on this was, Bill Increasing Punishment in Schools Will Be Weaponized Against Students. And what she alleges here is that teachers are racists, who I guess we need to pay more money. We need to give pay raises to the racists. That's the, uh, I think that's the official position of the McClatchy board, right? Gotta gotta increase pay for the racist teachers who will totally use this law that increases punishment in school. They're totally gonna use it against black kids, which is I guess why we need to hire more white female racist teachers or something. Yeah, there's a disconnect. It is insanity. Because nothing is real. That's the philosophy. That's it. Right, all is, is relativism. That, that, that all truth is relative, and you've got these systemic uh, institutions of oppression. And by not naming individual people, like show me the racist teacher, so we can fire the racist teacher. Show me the racist bureaucrat working in the institution that you're trying to oust because they're engaging in the racisty behavior. But no, no, we don't. We don't get that detail. We get the institution itself which makes it impossible to fight except to destroy. you got to tear it down. And, of course, what they want to put in its place is a different institution run by them. And remember, also, part of the anti-racist philosophy is uh, the remedy for past discrimination is current and future discrimination. So they would like to be in power so they may discriminate. That is their plan. (laughs) That's their philosophy. And when you say, hey, we shouldn't be discriminating like that at all, they say, well, that's not what we're doing. It's not even being taught in this school. What are you talking about? Right? Um, Back to the email. The left is lining up trans mentally ill fish to be loaded into the barrel, and it really doesn't matter to them who shoots first. The left and the media will twist themselves into political pretzels to continue on with the crisis of the day. And when you're in control of the levers of information, you never let a good crisis go to waste. Happy Good Friday, Pete. Friday is good because Sunday saved your soul, should you choose to believe, Clay. Thank you, Clay. Yes, indeed. Um, 
Oh, and I also got a message here because the other day I was talking about the Vulcan death grip, I think. I am not a Trekkie, but Austin is. And Austin, what does he call himself? The a- astro nerd? NASA nerd? What? Space? Some, I forget. But Austin, he says, I was busy catching up on the podcast and I uh, was listening to a March 28th episode titled Evil and Deranged, the Nashville school shooting attack, when I heard your discussion with a caller where you asked if the Vulcans had a death grip. Since, like you, Pete, I am a giver as well and a Trekkie, I thought I would give you some lighthearted, helpful insight. In the Star Trek episode, The Enterprise Incident, Spock uses what appears to be a Vulcan death grip to kill Captain Kirk. However, in the next scene, we learn that Spock did not, in fact, kill Captain Kirk, but instead gave him a nerve pinch, which which simulates death. It doesn't kill. It simply simulates death. And in the scene, Nurse Chapel makes the remark, quote, there's no such thing as a Vulcan death grip, to which Captain Kirk replies, ah, but the Romulans don't know that. Oh, that Captain Kirk. I believe you were referring to the Vulcan neck pinch, which simply renders a person unconscious. As always, love the show and the always effective use of the rim shot. Thank you, Austin. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, so I guess yeah, so the Vulcan, so it's not a death grip. It's a neck pinch. It's a Vulcan neck pinch. But see, if I call it that, then it leaves it open as to whether or not it kills you. And I think we all want the Romulans to believe that it is a death grip. I think I've said too much. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. Article by Teresa Opeka at uh, Carolina Journal. NC Bill would require high school sports teams to be single sex or co-ed. A North Carolina Senate bill introduced Thursday would prevent biologically female high school athletes from being forced to compete against biological males in sports designated for females. Under the bill, high school transgender athletes would be required to compete on either co-ed teams or on teams designated for their biological sex. Right. The bill requires that each team is designated by the biological sex of the team participants as either female, women, or girls, male, men, or boys, or co-ed or mixed. Those are your categories. I've said this from the very beginning, that if you want to preserve and protect women's sports, then you have to create a different category. And these categories exist. Co-ed competition exists. So you could do, I mean, I got nephews that play, uh, my nephew plays soccer and I want to say he's now 13, I think, 12, 13, and they're still co-ed soccer games. So you could still play, you know, you still play soccer co-ed. Now, at some point, I think they do split the teams up, male, female, but I don't know. 
I, I just show up and I watch the games you know, on the weekend and I, you know, yell at other parents and uh, berate children. No, I'm kidding. I don't do that. Um, but there is an example of this. I mentioned this. This was out of uh, Cherokee County, Hiawassee Dam High School. And uh, these were the uh, the volleyball teams that were playing. It was uh, they were playing against Highlands High School, and one of the players on Highlands is a is a biological male, and spiked the ball so hard into the face of this uh, female student athlete that it left her with a concussion. She's suffering long term effects with different symptoms and has neurological damage. After the injury, the school board voted 5-1 to one that in the future, when Hiawassee plays Highlands, that Hiawassee is going to forfeit the games. They're just not going to play them from now on because they can't get around the rules. Um, so at this press conference yesterday, um, what was her name? Uh, they had a couple different uh, speakers there and coaches and athletes, female athletes and such, and uh, one of them was, um, is it Sylvia Hatchell? And she points out uh, Billie Jean King, Martina Navratilova, Mary Lou Renton, uh, Peggy Fleming. She said all of them would have been defeated and overshadowed by countless male players and lost in history. Just recently, last year, 2022, the World Aquatics, which is the governing body for swimming and diving and other water sports, acknowledged the differences between women and men with a rule change that excludes people who have experienced male puberty from women's events in 2023. Right? Once you go through the puberty, then you get the benefits of those uh, hormones. Men have different physiological advantages, and women have other physiological advantages that make them... Men and women are different. I know, I know. Like, I, they're different. You know, bone density, composition, muscle mass, all of these, the, the size of the heart and the blood flow rates, all of these different things have an impact. And, you know, my fear is that once you start, if you start putting in, if you're starting to put in place rules that say, uh, once you go through puberty, now you can't compete, you're that we may end up creating an incentive for for kids to short circuit puberty in order right, in order to keep playing with their friends right they want to keep playing their sport and so they're going to short circuit puberty in order to keep yeah keep playing their their preferred sport i don't know like that's that's unintended consequence that i could that i think might happen um also, a couple weeks ago, World Athletics, which is the governing body for track and field, uh, they also followed suit, and this is on the Olympic level. The Supreme Court, meanwhile, U.S. Supreme Court, refused to intervene in a case that challenges West Virginia's law that bans transgender girls from participating, so biological males, from participating in girls' sports teams at school. So West Virginia passed a law like this, and... The Fourth Circus Court of Appeals blocked the ban from being enforced while the case is still being tried, and the the U.S. Supreme Court did not enter into an uh, into that fray. They 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 said no, nope, we're going to let that stand. Um, Vicki Sawyer, uh, 
one of the state lawmakers running the bill, says uh, nothing about that procedural ruling is going to deter our efforts to protect girls and young women. Right. This goes to something that the mob was screaming at the tops of their lungs again uh, at uh, Riley Gaines last night. She went to uh, a campus. Uh, it may have been San Francisco. Um, she went to a campus and she's a collegiate athlete. She's a swimmer. and She lost to Leah Thomas. Right. The, the trans swimmer that was celebrated with the cover of, uh, of all these, you know, Sports Illustrated and all this stuff, uh, maybe even got Sportswoman of the Year or something, right? Because, like, a biological male is going to, like, you, you really want to see peak female athletic performance, we need a biological male to show you that, all right? Yeah, I mean, so, sort of like the biological male that's promoting the sports bras for women, for Nike. Because that's, I mean, obviously, right, I mean, you, why would you trust another woman to tell you about that product, right? Yeah, you need a dude to tell you. But what they were screaming at the top of their lungs at this woman, Riley Gaines, as they, uh, as they literally chased her into a room where, where she had to barricade herself in, in a room to escape this screaming moonbat brigade. And they're screaming at her saying, trans women are women. I would submit, no, they are not. And you know how I know that? You have a different name for them. You literally call them trans women. That's a diff- that it's a different thing. <laughs> That's not... Words mean stuff.